0: Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast, traveling back from a disastrous future. I'm Ordo, and he, well, you can just call him Marth. Uh, Wait a sec, he's pulling off the mask.
1: Cardwiz, Build an army, trust no one except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast, and honestly, I'm surprised you didn't figure out until just
0: now. It wasn't that obvious, to be honest.
1: Uh, how have you been doing, my good friend, Ordo, as we begin to celebrate the life of a character who's been in our lives for a little over 10 years now?
0: I've actually been pretty good. A little tired, a little beat up, you know how it is. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it, just life, you know? Um, I'm still, I feel much better, but, you know, life. <laughs> I have no other way to put it other than life.
1: Understood. I myself have just been on a constant edge of a nervous breakdown because in prior prior to this recording date, we're just a few days away from like four games being released on the same day that I need to play and I want to play and my wallet's going to be hurting, but I don't care because give me the video games, inject them right into my vein. We are on the brink of being able to replay uh Persona 5 Royale again. On the verge of trying out Gotham Knights, on the verge of something i'm excited about the new tales from the borderlands game because honestly the first tales from the borderlands game might be the best borderlands game and it's arguably the best telltale game so i'm looking forward to the sequel and something i'm excited about and i don't know anyone else in america who's excited for it monster rancher ultimate kaiju is coming out I get to raise my own kaiju monsters and it's gonna be awesome i'm gonna suck at it but it's gonna be so much fun is that the one where you get um we can get ultraman in it I think you can get Ultraman in it. I haven't looked too much into it. I think I saw like Ultraman or an Ultraman looking figure in the first preview trailer. I've been avoiding spoilers for it.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, one of those games I did mention uh, being able to re- replay Persona Five, and uh, obviously the people who are listening to this have a Switch. So, hey, Switch users, go pick it up. But apparently, the reviews are coming out for it and saying like it's a quote unquote near perfect port. I I really haven't um, read any of the reviews for it. Or looked it up, because I'm going to be playing it on the Xbox this time around. And is there any other games that you're actually looking forward to? For a few months. Like,
1: uh, off the top of my head, I'm not too mega excited for anything until Engage comes out. But I, hopefully four big old games coming out will distract me, at least for a little while, until I can start looking forward to Engage.
0: Yeah, I feel much the same. There's nothing that's really, like, jumping out to me. Uh, even though Triangle Strategy actually hit Steam, I was just like, hmm. I could get it here instead of getting on Switch. I was just like, mm, don't really want to do that. Uh, uh I've been kind of wishy-washy about it. Honestly,
1: I still recommend it. It's still one of my, it's still in my top five favorite games of the year. It's not number one anymore, but I had a fantastic time with it. I, and I need to play it again. I need to re- still replay it three more times to get the different endings.
0: Oh, three more times. Sheesh. Can you do new game plus on it?
1: Yes, there is new game plus thankfully. So like, Okay, spoiler alert for Triangle Strategy. You're you're constantly getting dialogue choices for, I forget the names of it, but basically the strategic approach, the empathetic approach, and the uh, loyal friendship approach. And in the new game plus, the game actually tells you which of those choices are made because otherwise it's completely blind and the choices show you, okay, here's how much this level is going up by if you select this option. We're, we're, you have the peek behind the curtain in New Game Plus. You can tell what you're doing.
0: Okay, so it's a little bit like if you were playing Mass Effect, you could see how much is going into your Paragon and Renegade, and if Mass Effect had a third one, it would be a third one. Yes. Okay, very interested. Uh, I just keep thinking of what I'm playing right now. It's it's, it's good strategy. It's it's a good
1: turn-based strategy game.
0: I know. i got to get done with what I'm playing with right now before I even think of anything yeah. else. Speaking again- of...
1: Then again, Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together is also coming out soon. So,
0: Is there anything that you're playing right now?
1: Nothing long form right now. I'm just going through a bunch of roguelikes. Again, mainly to hold me over until a couple of days from now. But I did buy Rogue Legacy 2 because that was on sale. And I've been enjoying that a great deal. It is such a huge step up from the first one. The first one is a very solid roguelike. It's a very fun game. Had a lot of hours into it. But two this the, it is a much more beautiful game. It's much cuter, a lot more different varieties of fighting. Because in the first one, you just you basically just swung a sword, and this one you get archers to fight with, you get cooks to fight with, you get gunslingers, you get assassins, and everyone plays differently, and it feels so good. What
0: system is it on?
1: I think it's on most systems. I don't. I don't know if it's on Switch, but I, I'm playing it on Xbox right now and having a good deal of fun with it.
0: Speaking of uh, Xbox, no sooner did I beat Xenoblade Chronicles three, Danganronpa V three got added. <laughs> yeah. So I've been playing. I've been playing the crap out of it. I. I don't enjoy the cast as much as I did um, for the first two games, but it's still pretty good. And you know them moving from uh, PSP to a Vita to like. I guess at the time it was for PS4, but now it's for Xbox. So being able to move to a home console, you really see like the upgrades they were able to do with their presentation and stuff. There's like, there's new lines have been recorded. Uh, the music, as always, is really good. Um, again, it's a, it's a story-based thing, so I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, jumping over to PS5, um, I guess technically it's for the PS4, but it'll be getting a PS5 upgrade uh, in January, I want to say. A lot of things dropping in January. Ever since watching Dragon Ball Super Superhero, I've had this massive Dragon Ball itch. I have played a little bit of Xenoverse. I'm just like, I'm not really feeling Xenoverse anymore. And but my my cousin had bought um, Kakarot, so I've been I've been borrowing that, and I've been really really loving it, being able to experience the story in that way because there's not really been a Dragon Ball game that's tried to recreate the story since in that manner with like proper cutscenes and stuff like that since like Budokai One for the PS2 and GameCube. So I've been really enjoying it, especially since they added the ability to um, change the controls.
1: Yes, if I, if I wasn't sort of, pl- I like Dragon Ball Z, don't love it, but I feel like I've been played out on experiencing the story of Goku from the beginning in via, via the Budokai's, via the Game Boy Advance games. But yeah. Kakarot does seem like the definitive version of the Dragon Ball Z story game, and I'm very happy about that. Because it looks like they finally got it right, and they got everything in one game, which just seems so nice. Because I just remember being annoyed playing Budokai, and it was like, oh, it ends at the Cell Saga. But you have to play 2 to play the boost stuff. And
0: no, it's actually enjoy. not it's a funky board game thing. And then 3 has its weird split Dragon Universe mode. And it's just, they, yeah, they it, never they never really tried. Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to say they never tried, but they never Put this level like presentation to it. What's actually unique to this game, though, is that in between the sagas, you have like intermissions, and you have side stories where you can like do missions for like character for like some characters and stuff. Like you run into like the original some people from like the original Dragon Ball, like Launch, Android Eight, Nam, Korin, Yajirobe, and there's a lot of cool things um that you get to do in between the sagas and stuff. And unfortunately, there's one that kind of breaks my heart because. Spoilers for Dragon Ball Z, I guess. Uh, in the intermission for Gohan, after he defeats Cell, he's actually flying around. He's like, "Man, I got to keep up with my training." And so you visit like Vegeta, and then you visit Piccolo, and do you visit Krillin? You visit. I, I think you visit Krillin for something, and the whole thing kind of hints at Gohan wanting to like keep on his keep on with his training. But I'm just like, I know he doesn't keep up with the training, and I know he falls off, and I know it breaks my heart. And he doesn't get his due until, oh God, probably Super, and, and really more or less the superhero movie. So it's just like, I know what you're trying to do, people who made the intermission parts of the game, but it's just, it's not going to happen. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. And much like you, you know, I've been burned out on the story of Dragon Ball Z, but for some reason, just kind of going back to it in this form, like reignited my love for it. And it's, it's a great game. It plays well. And it's been on sale a bunch, and it's still getting DLC. I think there's like, Two season passes for it.
1: I have one very important question regarding that game.
0: Do you sure. get to play as the greatest hero, the
1: great Man? Yes. Yes.
0: Maybe yeah. I'll consider it one day. You play as him. It's actually where I'm at right now in the boost saga. It's right before the tournament starts up and Goku comes back. And everything goes wrong. Thanks, Goku. Yeah. He said, seven years ago, he said, Okay, guys, I'm going to stay away because all the bad guys show up when I show up. So wh- One day. He shows up one day. And everyone's like, okay, let's release Boo. Anyways, moving on. Anything else?
1: Nothing in particular, I don't believe. I've just been replaying a bunch of stuff again, waiting for the 20th to come out when all the games I want are coming out.
0: So before we dive into the future, uh, you see what I'm doing here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to look to the past. huh? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh- so right around the time we did the 10th anniversary episode for Fire Emblem Awakening, I had put out the call for a comment, and probably the day of, I, I think I literally hit publish on the episode, and then about an hour later I got a comment uh, from a Grand Tactician 9 who follows us on Twitter at Emblem Supports, and I told this person, I was like, you know what, your, your comment did come in late, but I'm going to read it on the Lucina episode, because that will tie into Fire Emblem Awakening. Well, obviously we had some difficulties this year, health, sickness, etc. cetera. Uh, but I'm gonna read that comment right now and we're gonna chit chat about it. So this, is for, this was meant for the Fire Emblem Awakening 10th anniversary episode that we did. They write, Awakening will always be one of the most important games to me personally. Not only did I fall in love with what is now one of my favorite series, but it really helped me out during a massive gaming slump I was going through right around that time as I was starting to get less and less invested in gaming, thinking I was starting to grow out of the medium. Pardon me. However, Awakening came out just at the right time and very much proved... Sorry. However, Awakening came out at the right time and very much proved that wrong as it introduced me to not just a wonderful series, but also very much encouraged me to step out of my gaming comfort zone, which primarily consisted of platformers. And to explore many genres and series, which I definitely took apart at me i I'm completely butchering this. And to explore many new genres and series which definitely played a part in making me the gaming enthusiast I am today. So thank you very much, Fire Emblem Awakening. Happy happy ten years to one of my favorite games of all time. And that's something I always thought about when it came to Fire Emblem Awakening was that I think the biggest success for that series, ultimately, was time. And I actually thought about doing an episode about this, but I didn't think it would be able to actually fill anything. Um, Fire Emblem has a weird, weird release schedule as far as like timing goes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to dial this back all the way to 1990. Yeah, huh? going to the past, you see, you see, you see. Um, the original Fire Emblem comes out in 1990. Uh, that same year, the Super Nintendo was released. Fire Emblem Gaiden comes out in 1992. And we're two years into the Super Nintendo's life cycle. Fire Emblem 3 actually came out in 1993, right in that perfect spot, right? Fire Emblem 4 was 1996, the very end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle, and we're, mo- we're going to be soon moving into the N64. Thracia 776 comes out, comes out 1999. The SNES is long since dead, and the GameCube is going to be announced next year. That next year, the GameCube is going to be announced and shown off at the infamous Space World 2000. The Binding Blade. Come out in 2002. Perfect time. Because Game Boy Advance came out in what? 2001, I want to say? So that, that, that's a good time. Um, and it sold a ton. Same thing for Fire Emblem 7. Came out in 2003. You know, good time. Um, Sacred Stones. I want to say good time. I think it sold 880,000 copies. I love Sacred Stones, so I'll always memorize stuff from it. Um, so again, good time. Uh, Path of Radiance. Poor timing for that, and it got poor sales um radiant dawn came out the same week as super mario galaxy poor timing and then shadow dragon very end of not really the very end but i think that it just it didn't catch on because of all the stuff it didn't have so it didn't have that word of mouth um the mystery of the emblem 2011 again ds's dying days and then we have fire emblem awakening right in the sweet spot where nintendo really 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 needed uh some hit games to come out sure you had ocarina of time 3d and you had this and you had that but when fire emblem hit in 2012 for japan 2013 internationally it had so much presentation so much music you know when you see that very first cutscene of crom and lissa and marth in the village like or in the forest like it really just boom caught on like wildfire. And I think the timing is the key to awakening success. And kind of tying in time, you know, Masahiro Sakurai, director of the Super Smash Brothers series, even said, Hey, if this game had come out six months later or six months earlier, you wouldn't have seen Robin, Lucina. Yeah, Robin and Lucina in Smash. I almost said Chrom, but well, we know about that. Uh, so you wouldn't have saw those two characters in. So Awakening was just that right time for both fans and developers alike. And boom, reignited. You know, we don't have to, you know, retell the tale of Fire Emblem Awakening success, but I just want to put it that timing is everything. Not magic, timing.
1: It did came out come out at a great time. I know personally that is the thing that sold me on a 3DS because... 3DS was expensive for a guy who could barely afford living at that time. But when Awakening came out, it was just really made me realize, okay, I saw the cutscenes of that game. I saw the gameplay previews, and I realized, oh, they're going back to doing Fire Emblem in a way that I'm very interested in. I am now officially putting three DS at the top of my want priority list.
0: And it still gets play it still gets played from you today
1: exactly i opened up my 3ds just last night just to just turn on awakening see what's going on and also to make sure i had all the dlc i wanted to buy because 3ds store shutting it down buy all the dlc you can if you want it because dear lord that game has a lot of dlc some of it i'm not that interested in but future past is good stuff
0: yeah future past like i'll, I'll say that straight up if you if you're wondering like what DLCs to buy I would say future past is a must because of all the cool story stuff and inter- interactions. Um a couple other things. It's like, oh, here's some extra gold, here's extra experience. Eh, I mean, it's awakening, you really don't need that. I guess unless maybe you're playing on like the harder difficulties, but yeah. So thank you, Grand Tactician9, for your comment. Um Yeah, and if you have any comments, send us at Emblem Supports and we'll do our best to get them right on the show for you. But now we're on to our main event, the reason why we're here,
2: and that is Lucina.
3: Um, father?
2: Lucina, why do you look so serious?
3: I have been fighting to change my world's future for so long. I have fought my hardest each and every day, but I've never had a chance to relax.
2: You have overcome more hardships than most just to make it this far.
3: But ever since coming to this world, my life has changed so drastically. I still want to change the future. But now I want to save this kingdom as well. After meeting such wonderful allies and journeying with you. Well, I must admit, I'm enjoying myself. It's been a long time since I felt this.
2: If you're having so much fun, why do you look so miserable?
3: It seems wrong to enjoy myself with this world in such dire straits. I can't let myself lose sight of how serious things are.
2: Well, you're right about the state of things, but you can't let that consume you. I can smile, because I'm looking forward to the time we'll spend together.
3: You are? Father... Thank you. Then I suppose it is okay to feel like I'm having fun... ...once in a while.
2: Exactly. And how do you want to spend our time?
3: I'd really like to refine my sword skills with you.
2: Very well. But it's more like I'll be taking lessons from you.
3: Oh, I'm sure we'll be evenly matched, as always. You taught me all my techniques. I'm just excited we can practice together again.
2: Well then, we'll start tomorrow. Is there anything else you want to do together?
3: Hmm... Perhaps we could... take the occasional walk?
2: Of course! And what else?
3: Can we... do our laundry together, too?
2: Frederick may have something to say about that, but I don't mind.
3: We can really do all those things? I'm so glad.
2: But is that really all you want to do? Not anything big or significant, I guess?
3: Father, these are not just trivial tasks to me. Spending a carefree day with you is exactly what I want. It's like a dream this day ever came at all. I worry I'll be cursed for being so happy.
2: You've worked so hard to get where you are. Why would you be cursed for this? You are no longer on your own. There is no need to carry that weight alone.
3: Thank you for saying that.
2: You can depend on me from now on. In fact, it would make me happy if you did.
3: Despite the chaos of our lives, you really think we can have a normal relationship?
2: Through thick and thin, we're father and daughter. We'll make it work.
3: Thank you, father. We'll be together from now on.
2: And together, Lucina, we will change our fate. So,
0: I mean, Cardos, when you first saw Lucina, you know, they were actually uh, in the demo. Or did you play the demo?
1: I didn't play the demo because I did not have a 3DS at the time.
0: Oh, okay. So I must've had my 3DS before you did, but they were known as Marth during that time. And I remember seeing and hearing, because you only get to see them briefly. You basically play, I want to say, maybe that the first two maps, I want to say. And Marth, or who you thought was Marth, shows up at the time. And I'm just like, hmm. Marth really has a very feminine sounding voice. And at the time... Ah, uh, the last time we actually kind of saw Marth was in Brawl. At least for at least for me, and at least for me, because I didn't see his uh, Fire Emblem Eleven redesign. So it was like, yeah, Marth does have like a little feminine look to him, and in, in Brawl. So I guess I kind of leaned on that with the voice actress, and so I was like, okay, whatever. But uh, later on, when it's actually revealed to be a woman, like I did not know because I went to Awakening other than playing the demo, I went completely blind in. And so when the mask ends up getting cut in two, and it's just like, oh, that's why, because it's a woman. <laughs>
1: That's one good revelation. And then you get another good revelation very soon after that. It's like, oh, you're Crom's child. Oh, we're doing this storyline. From <laughs> the future. Uh it was such a fun revelation because, like, like you, I went in without knowing exactly what was going on with the story, knowing without knowing the details of the characters. And like, it wasn't common knowledge. During that first couple of months after Awakening came out, what was going on? So, that surprise, that actual surprise of like, oh, Rudd, you're not actually Marth. You are this new character. You're this Lucina person. And Lucina stood out immediately. She was instantly memorable with the mask and with this shock revelation and the stories that she would tell after the revelation. And it's so
0: funny because at the time when I had Facebook, um, there was actually a Facebook poll, and this was a pre-release poll, and I don't think all the materials were out there for Lucina's Lucina's actual appearance. So they did a character poll, and it was like, "Oh, who are the most popular characters that you that are in the game?" Again, I don't know why they did this. Could be I could be misremembering of why the poll actually existed, but like Marth, I keep I keep doing the air things, but y- y'all know. Um, but Marth was in the lead by a large margin. And number two is Walhart for whatever reason. Go <laughs> figure, right? There are, there are arguably two of the best designs in that game. Yeah, That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think people still thought, Hey, Marth from smash brothers. I like Marth. Marth is pretty cool. So uh, Marth, 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 Marth. There's probably some people that were more and though no goes, oh, I know what's actually going on here since we're about, since we have to wait a year for the international release, but by and large, you know, Lucina or Marth at you know, out of the gate, was super popular. Thanks to the world of
1: Smash Brothers uh, for our GameCubes back in the day, Marth has been the face for the Fire Emblem franchise and seeing this new iteration while not actually Marth's did help bring a little bit of attention to it. It's just like, oh, they're going back to Marth a little bit, which is also probably explains why they're bringing Marth out as the face of Engage in a sense, but uh,
0: that's a story for another day. So, do you know the story of how Lucina actually come back into the past?
1: I do know the story myself, but I could use a bit of a refresher.
0: So this was actually revealed in the official Fire Emblem comic, which you can actually find on the Sarranus Force website, but and it's actually detailed in the Future Past script, or I'm sorry, the Future Past DLC number three, where the kids try as they might to get all the pieces of the Fire Emblem together so they could repower the Falchion. And Lucina could actually get the get the um exalted vulture so she could stop Grima. The unthinkable happened and one of the gemstones either got i I think I think the the script for the game says, Oh, it was just lost forever. So it probably got destroyed or kidnapped or something or taken away. But in my mind, it just got destroyed. So there was no way to give Lucina the full power of the exalted vulture. They had no other choice. So instead they used the power to go back in time in coordination with their with their Naga, they went back in time. However, all the kids, even though they all left at the same time, some of them actually got to the future. At few, sorry, some of them actually got to the past in different times. So when Lucina emerged from the past, she emerged right in time to save Lissa from getting killed by Arisen. And one thing to talk about with this, this was done in a
1: very cool cutscene. This game does an excellent job with its cutscenes, in my opinion, and the arriving of Lucina through the giant portal in the sky to jump in front of Lyssa with a sword behind her back, staring down at her aunt. just very. It's just a very beautiful cutscene, and that's another thing that really helps out with this game. There aren't a ton of cutscenes, but the ones that there are, most of them, do feature Lucina slash Marth. And they all look good, have solid voice acting, and
0: it really helped to make this character cool. Laura Bailey was the voice of Lucina at the time, and her role has been taken over by I want to say Alexis Tipton. But yeah, with that one last with that one last gambit, you know, she comes back in time. And you mentioned the cutscene. If you go back and actually look at it, the time portal appears and it looks like a gigantic dra- dragon eye. It looks really cool. If you haven't seen it in a while, definitely go back and look at it. So Lucina. She's very Goal focused, she's very she's very focused on the mission. She has to do whatever it takes to destroy Grima, to stop whatever's going to happen from happening. And she feels her first bitter taste of defeat, like she can't actually change destiny when Imran dies. Because she comes back and she sees Imran and she's like, I couldn't change anything. Because now she's watching these pieces. Fall apart just like they did in her original timeline, and probably the sense of despair that she has is immeasurable. But she does have little victory She
1: did manage to save Crom from getting hurt by that assassin that went after him, and where we have the reveal of who Marth is. That's true. So that's true. She thinks she she thinks she's having some success. She thinks she's saving the day. Then all of a sudden, Emran takes a dive.
0: And then, when we actually get the reveal, Lucina knows that it's some person that's going to betray that's going to betray Crom, and they know that that person is extremely close to them. This is the part that kind of bugs me a little bit because we see how close that, like, the tactician and Crom is. but it feels like it takes a little while for Lucina to actually see that for themselves,
1: yeah. so that, there's also the element of like we saw the opening cutscene of the game It's just like, oh, it, it it's Robin. We know it's the tactician who does the betraying, and of course you're just sitting there waiting for everyone else to figure this out. It's it it it's it's just the downside that comes with telling the end of the story at the start.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it is interesting. Like so, Lucina has such a weird relation. Well, she herself is kind of a weird person, and I think it's because she had her childhood stolen from her. You know, like she's basically been fighting for so long and you can pick it up in a couple of her supports where it's just like she pretty much I think she just flat out says it. My world's hell. Like most of humanity is gone. We're pretty much the only ones that are left fighting.
1: Another example of praising the cutscene. It's why the cutscene when Lucina fully reveals herself to her father and you get that close up of the branded eye and it starts crying and just, ah and then crom has the, that great line about like I, I wish i could have left you more than a sword
0: in a world of trouble or whatever that line is it's just like ah it's still it's still it's, it still hits i'm getting i'm getting goosebumps right now
1: it's a great cutscene. it's a legitimately great cutscene legitimately great line between the father daughter and you get you get all the feels of it and it, everything that they wanted to come through comes through in that moment it's just, Ah, good storytelling. Thank you, game.
0: I feel like at the, oh. I feel like one of the thing, one of the hallmarks of Lucina is that she's just working hard. She's she's trying so hard to save this future, and she doesn't get um any time for any sort of brevity or to just kind of chill out or hang around, and that it takes a toll on her. So when she finally has to break the facade fully and say, listen, the reason why I just saved you right now and said, you know, father and cried out your name is because I, I'm your daughter. And she hasn't seen her. We don't know how long that like, Crom and all of them have been dead. My personal guess, maybe 10 or so years. And so when she breaks down and she like starts crying in Krom's arms, my mind kind of thinks back to, okay, what about when she saw him the first time? Did her heart beat like really fast? like was she just like, i want to say it, I want to say it I want to say it like was the mask obviously like, and we'll talk about this in a little in a little bit, but when Jerome gave her the mask to to cover up the brand of the egg salt, I wonder how much of that was also so she could maybe hide herself, you know what I mean she so she couldn't be seen as being emotional or something because she thought all of her all of her allies would be there at the same time, so I think the mask does more than just uh, hide the brand of the Exile. I feel like it like basically hid her emotions as well. So she didn't actually reveal herself too early. But with the mask gone, her father in danger, she had no other choice. She like, she's like, here I am. And over
1: the course of the game, we get to see a lot more from Lucina as she gets to reunite with her comrades in arms from the future, the fellow children of the Shepherds as you take on those side quests and you get to see Lucina interacting with all of those characters and all we get to see through those characters, how pretty much they all regard Lucina as their leader. The reason that they were willing to go through hell to get to that portal in order to save everything we, we get to see, or we get to see the, implied leadership that we, the implied leadership of Lucina that we don't really get to fully see unless you do the future DLC, but it's, we do get a good idea of who Lucina is and how she is viewed by her comrades. She's strong.
0: She's brave. She's courageous. She's in my opinion, she's probably one of the best female leads in fire emblem that we've ever seen. And I think as this, as we've been kind of skipping around for the story, but I think as the story goes on, and she sees more of everything falling into place, Grima is going to be revived. She thinks Basilio is going to die, and that's going to solidify everything. She's doing everything she can to make sure that the future of ruin and despair doesn't happen. And she fights so hard against it. And I keep saying, oh, she fights hard, she fights hard, but think about if you went back in the past yourself, right? And you knew... Certain events were going to happen, and you go, okay. If I stop this, then I can stop this, and I'm going to stop this. But the more you fight against destiny itself, the more futile you becomes because destiny wants to have its way. And for a lot of this story, it feels like that's what that's what destiny wants. Destiny wants to have its way. Destiny meaning that yes, Imran is going to die. Basilio is going to presumably. Die. Grima is going to be revived. And that has to be like the most crushing thing ever to know that you fought through hell for 10 years. You've come back to the past. And now you're witnessing the events happen in real time. And you were supposed to be the hope. And everything's just falling apart around you. You may have these new allies, you may have all the bonds in the world, but everything is still crushing you. And that's that's the weight that I feel is on on Lucina's shoulders. And it also is why I don't really like a lot of her supports. Cause it feels like everyone else is kind of doing their own kind of gimmicky character shtick while Lucina still has to be like the straight woman for the um for for her parts in the support. She doesn't get like the brevity or whatever, you know what I mean?
1: There are very few supports that let her not be the leader. Right. There are very few supports where she actually gets to be a character and have whimsical, whimsical, silly conversations. She doesn't get many of
0: those. She gets one with her mother where she, it's funny because she's trying to pick out a dress and she ends up picking out something that looks like a gigantic octopus.
1: yeah, that's that's by far the support that sticks out the most for me with Lucina. what she has no sense like aesthetic. that's one of the maybe because that's like that's one of the only ones where she get, really gets to relax just that ridiculous one. It's just like, man, this is so insane, but it sticks out in the mind so well. It's just like that's a fun one, but it's such a
0: weird one. It does highlight uh, a character quirk of his is that she's not very good with like costumes and aesthetics. And we also kind of see that in that firewall comic that I mentioned, like, jerome basically has like a handful of masks one of them is the iconic butterfly mask that she gets but the first one that she actually gets is like a pair of glasses that has like a bunch of swirly eyes on it and Severa's like no not that one before she actually switches over to like the regular mask and they do kind of play around with that in her other appearances too that she's not really that good with like that kind of thing but again it goes to something that i i believe i mentioned maybe even off mic to her she's kind of robbed of that kind of thing of being able to have like a sense of normalcy in life like she did even though she is a royal she didn't get to grow up with like the fancy dresses and the balls and this and that no it was the world's gone to hell and you have to fight overall though we get to... as i said i think lucina is a fantastic character um i didn't tell her complete story because i think you still need to experience it in the game to really get her character
1: Wait, are you saying we don't get to experience the full might of Lucina when we get to experience her through the world of Project Steam? Oh yes, that's
0: right. Lucina, my gosh. Ga- Do you want to mention the game appearances right now? Yeah, let's... Uh, get, uh, we've talked about her story in Awakening enough,
1: At, but after Awakening, Lucina stuck around. Lucina was clearly became one of the faces of the franchise and we got to see that by her inclusion in things like Super Smash Bros. for Super Smash Bros. 4,
0: the 3DS, and the Wii U. She shows up in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, She's in Monster Hunter Frontier G as an armor set. She's in Fire Emblem Fates, Fire Emblem Heroes, Fire Emblem Warriors. She's going to be in Fire Emblem Engage. You mentioned Codename Steam earlier. She's in Super Mario Maker. And she's in Project Cross Zone 2 as well. So, I think the thing about Lucina is just like, probably for the first time, you had character with staying power and of course some of that's oh yeah you get you have to buy the um whatchamacallit and scan it the amiibo you scan the mm-hmm. controller to actually have her in those games but still like she's there like they count
1: one minor complaint about her appearances like the entire canon of her story is that she was trained to sword fight by her father she fights like her father and yet she's an echo fighter of marth in Crom's and echo fighter of roy It's just like come, come on just Make one move set and let, like, let them match up as father daughter.
0: I actually, I, 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 am a mutual with a uh, a Smash pro. I'll go ahead and shout him out. I don't, I don't even know if he listens to this. Uh, but Pow Pow Smash, he's like the number three. He's either the number three or number two Sonic the Hedgehog player in Wisconsin. And he had made a. He and I had just kind of briefly chatted, and he was like, rather than like cut Lucina or Crom, you could like make just a separate move set for Crom. And then have Lucina be the Echo of Chrom. And I was just like, boom, big brain right there.
1: The most logical thing, it makes sense in game canon. Why does Smash Brothers not care about Fire Emblem canon? You know what? We just need more Fire Emblem to get them to understand.
0: Exactly.
1: Next Smash Brothers games, all Fire Emblem. That's what we need. Hey,
0: I would love to see an Arc System Works Fire Emblem fighting game. That (laughs) That would be amazing. A tag fighting game. I just, you know. Oh, like, hmm, future episode maybe. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like she's a character that has staying power, and it's it's just amazing to think that hey, this character was supposed to be maybe a one off for a game, but the popularity kept rolling in. She's got merchandise. She's got, I mentioned, she's got an amiibo. She's got a figma. She's got a plush, and not right now, but I bet you in the future that the Good Smile Company is going to be coming out with one of those fancy statues, like they've done with uh, Lynn, Ike, and um, Marth.
1: Yeah, we're definitely going to get a uh, Lucina down the road at some point, point. and we're going to get to play as Lucina again. It's already been confirmed with engage, and if the picture is to be believed from the opening cutscene, she's going to be wielding a bow. Uh, uh, yay, her signature weapon, the bow.
0: To be fair, it's actually come. It actually comes from Fire Emblem Heroes. It's the I think it's called the Thogan or the Thogun. It's her legendary version, which, in my personal opinion. There's only one person she could have learned the bow from. Noir? No, please. No, get that out of here. Virion. Now, let me tell you about Virion. Oh, wait, no. No. Card Car- no. Cardwiz is throwing his hands up. We're, okay, not, no, 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 we're not doing the Virion podcast. Sorry. Not again. I'm sorry. He's throwing up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, one day, we'll, Virion will have his day. You know, he will. So, Cardwiz, do you have any other things to wrap up this conversation on the Princess of Elise? U-
1: of I do not believe so. I think we've covered everything, but... Again, doing this entire episode has made me, like, just want to play Awakening again because Awakening is really good and I want to experience these characters again.
0: All right, before we head off onto the supports, we do have a couple of comments, way late comments, <laughs> but hey, they're comments nonetheless. The first one comes, comes to us from blinking underscore rune, and they say, one of the most fascinating things about Lucina is her relationship with her greatest enemy and mortal foe, Peppa Pig. The scene where Peppa Pig murders her father, Crom, and where Lucina swears vengeance upon the pig family is especially moving. You know, I remember it like it was yesterday. You know? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about that, this. That, that classic cutscene. The funny thing about the whole Peppa Pig thing, I don't know where it came from. Uh, anything that I could actually find out was apparently someone had edited the Peppa Pig fan wiki. To include lucina as a major enemy for some reason i don't know what it is but somehow it actually like blew up and now it's like a whole thing uh, it's hilarious though i i i dig it dang it rune <laughs> and our second comment comes to, comes to us from Devin Vo from the insert title here podcast and he says i love the relationship between lucina and her father crom and if crom happens to marry your avatar it really changes the entire scene where she confronts the avatar it goes from striking down her father's best friend to striking down her own mother. It's very heartbreaking, and while I do love those aspects of her character, I do hate that she essentially takes a backseat to the story after that scene. The first part of that comment, yeah, I actually I actually forgot about that until I read this comment uh, a few months ago, it's it's a completely different set of dialogue, and not only here, but it's also different in the heirs of fate DLC as well.
1: Now that you've said that, I need to maybe next time I play Awakening, I need to do. A version where Robin romances Lucina just to see if there's even more unique dialogue. I no. haven't seen
0: any dialogue of Robin that. Lucina. no actually, there actually might actually be unique Robin Lucina dialogue, but i I think that's weird. That's just me um but the second part of this, um while she essentially takes a backseat to the story after that cutscene is absolutely true, so. What, ha- what ends up happening in the, in the Awakening story... I'm sorry, spoilers for a 10-year-old game, I guess? Listen to Xenoblade fans were are mad at me for some reason. On my main account, I'm sure someone might be mad at me here, so that's why I'm going to say spoilers, because I respect you all. Um, you collect all the gems of the Fire Emblem, and then Krom has to undergo what is known as the Trial of Naga, where he's basically, quote-unquote, burned with fl- flames so hot that he could die. Spoilers, he doesn't die. And he gets the full powered-up Falchion able to seal Grima. Lucina never gets that. She gets no sort of upgrade whatsoever, unless it's the DLC version of Lucina, who's a different person than our Lucina. And I always hated that, because I was just like, well, why couldn't they both take the Awakening together? They're both, they are both have the Exalt Blood, they both have Falchions, like... I don't know. It just you could have had the the exalted parallel falchion and the exalted falchion. It, I think it would have made everything a lot better, story wise.
1: Well, Crom gets to have the super exalted falchion. Lucina gets the bride
0: class. It's it's a it's an even trade. Yeah, I guess. There, actually, you know what? There is one more thing that does bother me though. If Lucina dies or her HP reaches zero, it's not a game over.
1: Yeah that that one I. I completely forgot about that, but you saying that it reminds me that did bug the heck out of me because that one 100% should have be, been a game over like with the other lords. Because I
0: immediately thought back to Fire Emblem 7 where, again, we're doing a three-man team here. And, you know, we I think our our, our love of Lynn is pretty well documented. But if Lynn dies, HP reaches zero, game over, reset. I was like, even if she's like not as important as Hector and Ellie would... It's still a game over. But here, Lucina's arguably more important than Lynn is in her, in her own game. But it's not a game over if she dies? That was always weird to me. Anyways, I believe, I believe we can wrap that up. Um, we do have a uh, couple of supports here. Now, I, I'll i let you go first, Card was with yours. Which one did you actually pick out again? I wanted to have a conversation with Lucina with one of her fellow
1: child soldiers, I guess we'll call it. I wanted to have the conversation between her and Jerome because I thought it was had some intriguing elements to it. So, who is
0: Jerome, or do you remember?
1: Jerome is the child of a Church. Or ch- how how do you pronounce her name? You are the expert on her.
0: Uh, I was going to say Church because I think it's it's supposed to be French.
1: Conversation between her and Church, and you mentioned earlier that Lucina did get her mask from Jerome. So, I wanted to be able to look more into their sport. They must have some sort of deep relationship to entrusting relationship in order to have that sort of exchange happen so let's take a look at that
0: so who do you want Lucina or Jerome? I'll take Lucina I don't mind alright here we go Jerome Uh ah Lucina
1: I'm not intruding am I? I don't want to disturb your rest
0: it's fine what do you want?
1: well nothing really I just came to say thank you for what? You gave me your mask, remember? You said there might come a time when I would need to conceal my identity.
0: Ah, yes, I remember
1: well, it was very prescient of you. The mask proved most useful.
0: So again, thank you. think nothing of it,
1: so yeah, that was a that that was a rather uh, it was both revealing and not revealing of anything at the same time. Yeah, it's a
0: very stilted support, but you have to remember, like Jerome, I feel like He's probably the one that holds everything in the most, probably next to Lucina. You know, basically he felt that he was betrayed by his parents, which he reveals this, I think, only to Virion in the DLC, where he's like, my parents said that they would come back for me. My parents, they, were my, they ultimately betrayed me because the only person that came back of the three, which was Virion Church's Wyvern Minerva, and Church herself, was Minerva covered in wounds, and so I think sure I think Jerome has basically just carried that hurt inside him for so long that it's actually kind of made him a little bit more distant to the other kids like he's still friends and stuff with him, and he still has those moments of um where he slips up and the you know metaphorical mask comes off um but for the most part he's pretty just like hmm, yeah, okay, he's very blunt about everything.
1: I- C-Sport, we, we get a lot, but not much. We we do learn that Lucina got the mask from Jerome and that Jerome had the idea because he thought it'd be good for Lucina to hide her identity. And that's all we get out of it. But it is interesting. Let's see if the bee has anything interesting about it.
0: <sighs> Something wrong, Lucina. Oh, hello, Jerome. What's the matter? I've lost my pendant. Oh. What manner of pendant?
1: It's carved in the likeness of my mother. It's very precious to me.
0: Where was the last place you
1: saw it? I took it off while I was cleaning the supply tent. I didn't want it to get
0: scratched. I suppose you've already searched there? Many times. Then we should retrace your steps and see if we can't find it. You'll help me, look. Important to you, isn't it?
1: Yes, very much so. I simply... Thank you, Jerome.
0: Thank me when we find it.
1: So we get the two talking about finding a pendant, and we learn Lucina has a pendant of her mother.
0: There's not much to this be. I don't know, Cardwiz. Hold on for a second there. The way he uh, the way, like, she goes, it's a, he doesn't, He's he first says, oh, what manner of pendant. Because, you know, there could be all sorts of pendants, you know, like a little gold pendant, maybe one with a little heart or a locket or something like that. But the moment she says that, oh, it's a pendant of my mother, he, there's no, see, what what you can't really see here, um, because this is an audio podcast, is that there's an ellipsis before all that happens. And he says, where was the last place you saw it? Which means that he was immediately on the case. So, it's, it's very there, it's very much right there where it's like, I suppose you've already looked there. Okay, then we got to retrace your steps. It's important to you, isn't it? So he shows an urgency because he knows that it's a gift from her mother. I just don't think that
1: his, as you put it, the dialogue doesn't really come across very well, personally. But let's see where it goes with the A support. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean,
0: when I'm I'm not saying like he he suddenly had a 180 character change, but there's a little slip there.
1: Ah, Jerome. Perfect timing.
0: Oh? What for?
1: We're holding a war council, and I was hoping you might attend.
0: Sorry. I'm not much for group activity.
1: Hmm, A pity. We could benefit from your calm, measured opinions. You have a keen mind for combat as well. Regardless, I will not force you.
0: I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I know my limitations. I'm not one for plans or speeches. I'm a wolf that only deals in death. Then we have something in common. We do not. You are a leader who can inspire others with both words and deeds, though we fight alongside each other on the battlefield. We play different roles. You sell yourself short, sir. The right tool for the right job. Isn't that what they say? You provide the inspiration and strategy. I will cut down any who dare oppose you.
1: Uh, There is a certain wisdom to what you say.
0: Don't sound so surprised. Now... I have some swords to sharpen, and I think you have a council to attend.
1: Farewell, Jerome. I shall look for you on the battlefield.
0: You needn't look far. I will stand beside you, as always.
1: Again, we're seeing that coldness from Jerome, but we do see that he is always ready to stand beside Lucina in a fight. And Lucina does think of him as not just a weapon, but as a strategic mind. But she's not going to push him. She's not going to try to force him to come out of his shell.
0: Yeah. He just doesn't want to join the group chat. You know, we've all been there. Oh yeah.
1: I get, I I get this character, but I don't think this makes for an, an entertaining support or an intriguing support really.
0: No, I mean, it's really not. It, I mean, it, it fits perfectly into like the stoicness of Jerome's character, but the stoicness of Jerome's character is also something that kind of hinders him a bit. Mm. but will this
1: stoicness, 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 is that a word? Eh. It is now. It is now. Will his stoicness turn into love with an S support? Let's find out.
0: Lucina, I need to speak with you. What is it? I, I regret refusing your invitation to join the War Council. I am sorry. You owe me no apologies,
1: Jerome. I understand your thinking. The right tool for the right job. We must all strive to perform our roles as best we can.
0: I know I said that, but I was mistaken. You were? I want to help you in any way I can, Lucina. I... Thank you, Jerome. I have admired you for many long years. I would gladly die for you. But when you asked me to help in an unfamiliar way, I chose the craven's path. I hope you can forgive me.
1: Fine, you are forgiven. Then... Can we please now stop with this absurd apology? You have been my most stalwart companion ever since childhood, Jerome. If anyone else named you Craven, I would cut them down on the spot.
0: Thank you, Lucina.
1: Lone wolf you may be, but there is no one I rely more upon in the battle. Besides, what you've shown here is as inspiring as any speech or grand tactic.
0: Lucina, enough. I beg your pardon? I am no poet, Lucina, to woo you with honey words. I am a blunt measure of a man, so I know no other way to say this. I love you.
1: Oh, Jerome.
0: If truth be told, i felt this way since I first laid my eyes on you. But only after all these years have I finally found the courage to tell you.
1: But i felt the same way, Jerome, for so long. Did you never sense it?
0: You mean, we've both had this feeling? And, And since long ago?
1: I guess neither of us is regarded as one to display our emotions.
0: Then I regret our past, but we have our present and our future together.
1: We shall fight and live side by side from now until we draw our final breath.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: mm. I will say, I liked the first half of this because I, I honestly, I feel like we could have cut the B support, had the A support be the B support, and had the first half of this S Sport be the A Sport, and I would have liked it a lot more. Because it would have felt like it would have felt like a progression of the character.
0: Yeah, I mean Jerome's supports in general don't have that much progression in him. As as I said, the DLC where he shows where he tells Varian about his past is really the most most you get to know about him. I know he te- I know he tells like the other father characters uh stuff as well, but that's really the most he gets is in the DLC and it's an alternate version of this Jerome.
1: It's like the first half of this S support, like it's a stoic character, but it's a stoic character who we see open up just a tiny bit, just enough for me to see. okay, I see your character. I see who you are more easily. And then we get the awkward romance.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very much that thing that you and I always talk about with S supports where it's suddenly like, oh wait, stop. It hasn't S support, they have to fall in love at the very end.
1: Yeah, and like through the C through A, I never got any inclination that these two were in love with each other one bit. But then all of a sudden it's like, Yes, I've been in love with you this entire time. Can you have you not seen it?
0: Oh yes, that is true. We have been in love since kids. Did you also not sense it?
1: Ah. <sighs> as support problems, but overall, I, I I just don't really like the support that much. Maybe I just maybe I just don't like the character of Jerome in conversation. But I I don't think Lucina really brought anything to this as well. I overall,
0: I think I'd give it like a two out of five. Same. I mean, I think that's a I think that's a reoccurring one with Lucina supports in that Lucina gets most of her character development from her from her role in the story and then and the DLC, but. As far as, like, actually in her supports, I think her supports really fall flat, which made, like, choosing an actual support for this episode probably one of the hardest things I've ever ever had to do, because I read through all of them. I'm just like, I really don't like a ton of these supports at all. But you had to have decided upon something. Of course, as always, when I can't find a good support from the base game, I actually decided to go to uh, Warriors. Uh, Warriors has unique character interactions from characters that don't have supports with, with each other in the game to ones that I actually do. And I will say there actually was um, two supports that I really had trouble going back and forth on. And ultimately, I went with Lucina and Marth. You know, I love talking about Marth, but we don't get to talk about him a lot. Um, and the other support I was thinking about was Crom. And I know sometime way down in the future, like, there will definitely be a Crom episode. But I felt that since Marth was her inspiration and basically her hero, that we could actually do that support instead. And as we know, you know, Marth was was the name that she took. Marth was the person that she styled her hair back after. Marth was ultimately the hero that she looked up to, other than, of course, her father. But that's why I chose that support. And uh, I guess, do you want to stay Lucina? I can stick with it. All right, I'll be Mr. Hero King himself. So let's get started with the warrior support.
1: Thank you for your reinforcements, Lord Marth. Just what I expect from the Hero King. It is an honor to share your battlefield.
0: Please, Lucina. I did nothing to warrant such praise.
1: You showed up when I needed you most. It was just as the legend said. Rescuing your allies and driving back your foes in one fell swoop. Ah... Loved not only by his comrades, but known to charm his enemies as well.
0: I assure you, those stories are greatly exaggerated. That cannot be.
1: But I grew up believing in these tales. Hero King Marth was the hope for all who lived in my world. That is why I... I took your name and fought to spread that hope.
0: But you must realize, not everything is as the legends say.
1: Well, I guess you are a bit different from what I imagined. It said you slew a dragon, so I pictured you as a relentless warrior, but in reality, you're calm and kind. You care for
0: your friends, and you just...
1: I mean, you're amazing. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: When you put it that way, it makes me very uncomfortable. And so humble, too. If you say so. If I might change the subject, why did you use my name? You'd make a fine leader in your own right. I'm sure people would have rallied behind you on your own merits. I needed a strong symbol of hope. The
1: fell dragon seized control of my world and plunged into despair. Your name was the only one capable of raising spirits and support. As I said, Lord Marth, your legend is hope itself.
0: I see, Lucina. You've been through some truly difficult battles.
1: I have, and I think, above all others, the person who benefited—the person who benefited from your name—well. I think it was me. Calling myself Marth gave me the courage of the true Hero King. I, I'm sorry. I, I felt the need to apologize since we first met. Even if it was to say my future, using your name was selfish.
0: No apology necessary. If it was that useful, I'm more than glad. Besides, I'm certain your deeds were worthy of my name.
1: Oh, thank you, Marth. You've always been a great source of strength, even
0: now. But looking at you here, it seems you never needed my name to begin with. Judging from your strength, you will one day give rise to your own legend.
1: I... I I, I don't... I...
0: I must do my best as well, so I too can become the hero king you aspire to be. There is no telling what awaits me after this. I must be ready for anything.
1: Since I have been given the honor of fighting alongside you, I will give everything I have to bring my skill closer to yours, even if it is just a little.
0: Let us fight for all we have, for both our futures. It's a nice little support.
1: We get to see Lucina go a little bit more in depth about why she chose th- to go by the name Marth. We get we we do get a little bit of that in Awakening, but it's nice
0: to see her have that like genuine sort of like the the, the um as we've yeah. been saying the entire time the mask comes down and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Marth. It's Marth. It's Marth. She basically." She's basically fangirling over Marth. <laughs> And he's just like, he's just like, "Uh, you know, you know, I think there's a couple of warrior supports where he's just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just Marth. I'm just, I'm just a dude, you know. But here we do see Marth, like wanting
1: to seem to want to live up to this legend a little bit, all while being humble. But he, we see by the end that, yes, he wants to aspire to be the hero king that she thinks him as, and she wants to he wants to encourage her to step up and be her own legend. And she's wants to step up in that sense as well.
0: It's very good. And like I said, it's a unique, it's a unique support that we probably wouldn't get in any, anywhere else. Um, go look up the voice, actual voice actors doing this. Cause they, it's amazing. And you have the music with it and stuff too. Um, if you were to rate it, where would you rate it? This is very solid. I'd go three out of five. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling too. Well, I mean, most warrior supports are like a, like a nice three out of five. Um, you know what, I'll give it a four I'll go, I'll go up, one up higher for, oh my. For just, just for the uniqueness right, just for the uniqueness well that's going to wrap up uh, this episode uh, Cardwiz, what's up on the next big episode for us? coming up
1: soon on the Emblem Sport Podcast we'll be discussing another anniversary the five year anniversary of Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valencia and discuss the revival of
0: the second game in the Fire Emblem series it's personally one of it's personally one of my favorite games in the entire series. Um, a game that I was not sure about when I pre-ordered that nice fancy special edition, uh, but it actually turned out to be very surprising. And we're going to talk about not just about the game itself, but how it. And check this out. I'm going to use this pun. It's going to be clever, and everyone's going to love it. And people are going to hit us up at Emblem Supports on Twitter. How what that game did echoes. Uh, see. Uh, um. Things that have been done in Fire Emblem games since then. Um, as always.
1: Ooh, uh, you know what?
0: Ooh. No. Oh, God, they got the pitchforks. No. They're unfollowing. They're unfollowing. 120 followers, no more. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what's going to be up for us on the next episode of the Emblem Support Podcast. But in the meantime, Card Wiz, if they want to get a hold of you, where can they find you at?
1: You can find me on Twitter at KD Corley, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Godwiz. Got a lot of games planning coming up. I'm going to be playing a lot of Monster Rancher. And of course, in the coming year, we will be playing Fire Emblem Engage.
0: I cannot wait. You can hit me up at Plan Ordo on Twitter. Plan Ordo on Twitch as well. With with when uh, my hand feels better and we'll start building this uh, Gundam F90 model kit and maybe playing uh some Persona? I don't know, haven't decided yet. And, as always, you can reach us on the podcast Twitter at Emblem Supports. And with all that said, chapter complete.